This podcast references a number of Bank of Ireland product features and rate options. Additional information that relates to these is at the end of the podcast. Hello and welcome to The Home Stretch, the ultimate guide to buying your first home with Gaff Interiors and Bank of Ireland. I'm Caroline. And I'm Joe. And across this six-part series, we'll be covering everything from getting your finances in order to finding the perfect house, the legal things you need to know, and how to style your home when you eventually get the keys. Yes. So first up, we are talking all things money. Where to start, what to do, and those first essential finance steps to take towards buying your first home. And to answer all of our questions on this, we have recruited the help of Bank of Ireland Mobile Mortgage Manager, Shane Cullen. Hi, guys. Hi. (laughs) You are so welcome. Thank you so much. We know you're a very, very busy man. So we're absolutely delighted to sit down with you. You're going to help us figure out how to get our ducks in a row, where to get started, literally start to finish. Are you ready for the intense quizzing question that's going to take? I'll do my very best. (laughs) (laughs) Brilliant. So, okay, let's just start from the very beginning. I'm asking this for myself and obviously for all the mm-hmm. listeners, but what is the very, very first thing from the starting point that someone who's looking to buy, potential buyer, needs to do? The very first thing uh, my advice would be is sit down and have a chat with somebody. All too often I meet with customers, they have their perfect home picked out, they come and have a chat with me, but they haven't taken any of the steps that they actually need to to get mortgage ready. So they start with the house? So, yeah, they start with the house and co- go directly to me and say, I want to get mortgage approval, but they haven't done anything okay. that they need to do. So I'd sit down, have a chat with a mobile mortgage manager. We'll come out and meet you at a place and time that suits you guys. We'll go through do's, don'ts, what where you're at at that certain point in time and what you need to do to get ready. So is that your role, Shane? Your role is to literally sit down and meet people and then get them from like the starting point to the end goal? Yep. My main role is to bring my customers from start to finish in the mortgage process. So that's from the initial meeting right the way through to getting the keys to your house. Like my main focus would be to make the process as seamless and straightforward as possible for my customers. So that goes from the initial meeting, I'll meet you for a cup of coffee at your house, place of work, whatever suits you guys best. Uh, whether it's in the evening, early morning, and uh, that type of That's thing. That's amazing so. because I, when I was going for my mortgage, I don't think this sort of service existed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was lucky that I worked beside my bank, so I was able to pop in. But a yeah. lot of people who are working full time, maybe have kids at home, find it super challenging to carve out that time. So even before they started the journey of getting their financial ducks in a row, just even just getting that meeting has been overwhelming and stressful. So so you can so people can contact you and then you just make an appointment and come out to them. Exactly, yeah. So like you can contact me on LinkedIn or online. There's a number that you can text as well, and we'll arrange a call back for you. Okay. So, where, where are the kind of places that you end up meeting people? Well, it's hotels, coffee shops. The, the average person, I think, they feel most comfortable in their own home having a chat with somebody. So it's after they put the kids to bed, dinner's done, and I'll come out and sit down. You, and you get lots of cups of tea and bickies then. Lots of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not good for the waistline. No. Okay, so let's just assume then. Um, so I have been through this process. Uh, I have bought my house. Joe is is going to hopefully be getting a mortgage, and she's going to be very nice to you throughout this episode. Okay. In the next Absolutely. few years, but let's just say hypothetically, she comes to you initial meeting, doesn't have a clue, which I don't. <laughs> to be perfectly where honest, where to start? She knows what her situation is work wise. She knows you know how much money she has saved. What's the first thing you're gonna? bring up for for Joe? Yeah, so the first thing is just ask you about your background, your family situation, are you married, how many kids do you have? And then we'll go into your employment background. So what your current role is, um, whether it's permanent or it's a contract work, and then what your income is. So 
the bulk of what we can lend you is going to be based around what you what you earn is. So the central bank has restricted us that we can only lend three and a half times your income. So your income will be based around your basic pay. If you get bonuses and they've been regular for three years, we can take them into account. If you get commission, overtime, that type of thing. Uh, then we need to see that you've kind of proven that you can repay your mortgage. So that's based around, around what you've been putting aside into savings and your rent, that type of thing. So we'll look for bank statements to back all of this up and a few other bits and pieces of documentation that I go through with you. Okay, so this is something that I want to ask you about. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, employment and salary and all that aside, statements is something that people always seem to kind of joke about when they're applying and getting ready for a mortgage. So I know from you talking, Caroline, and other people, they'll say that there are certain things that on a statement, I mean, your statements need to be super clean. So there's certain things that will appear on a statement mm-hmm. that are like a no-go. Should we be easing up on the ASOS <laughs> shopping in the lead-up? There's a few myths around it. Like people are okay. people are entitled to live their life and spend their money as they want to. What the bank is concerned about is that you can show that you can meet your mortgage repayment mm-hmm. plus live the lifestyle that you're living. So that what that is going to be based around on your statements is your rent and your savings. So if you're putting aside money into rent and savings each month and it meet, at least meets your mortgage repayment, you're entitled to spend money on ASOS then after that mm-hmm. if you want. Okay, really good so to know. So your gambling addiction is safe. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a bit. Now, this is to an extent. It, the main thing is that there's no, you're not causing any stress on your account. Your, your account is constantly kept in credit. There's no like unpaid direct debits or standing orders, that type of thing. Okay, so, so those would be the kind of things that constitute the stresses. Yeah. Okay, if you're yeah. in arrears in any way. Exactly, yeah. Or gambling transactions on your account, that type of thing. Yeah, I've heard the gambling transactions or being um, a subscriber to any of those kind of online gambling uh, accounts is a big no-no. Yeah, they're not ideal. Now, if there's one or two in a six-month period and it's was during chatting on that type of thing or and you weren't up to the limit on your account at the time, we can, it can be fine. It's just if there, it's a constant thing each month and you're, it's taking overdrawn on your account, that type of thing, it's a big no-no. So how many months of statements are you going to go through? It'll be the last six months bank statements. Okay, yeah. and is that for a full-time employed person? For a self-employed person, it's slightly different. We'd look for the last 12 months of their business account statements plus the last six months of their current account statements. And then for a self-employed person as well, we need the last two years company accounts as well. Okay, okay. that's interesting. Jo, we're self-employed <laughs> yeah. and yeah. I, I was working full time um, when I got my mortgage and then I, I left my job, went freelance straight after. And actually, I know we'll talk about the length of mortgage approval in a minute, mm-hmm. but I went, when I went freelance and my house, like we almost ran out of time on the mortgage approval and then I was freelance and I was panicking that, oh my God, my whole situation has changed now. And I was worried that how I would be looked upon for, for having made the decision to go freelance luckily I was I, it, it all happened just in the nick of time yeah. uh, but for Joe that would be a concern as well because we've we've both been working on our own for for a few years and you know cash flow is is here there and everywhere it's this it's, is the thing that always I guess you're so right Caroline that's what worries me I mean we are obviously doing really well and we have lots of different sources of income we work for ourselves mm-hmm. uh gaff being one of them but I mean the cash flow is never, it's never going to be a end of the month, you get your whatever mm-hmm. it is, salary. It's always going to come in chunks. So how does the bank look at that? Do they understand that yeah, it's a more it, fluid? That's why we look for a two-year history on your on your company accounts or we see your notice of assessment, so your, your declaration that, of income that you'd make to the revenue at the end of each year. We have two years history of that. Um, so just we can determine an average income over the last two years for you guys. So if the cash flow for a lot of companies, it's up and down and um, based on whatever type of service you're providing. So we do recognize that. Um, so just once we have 
regular confirmation over a two, three year period that you've been generating a certain amount of income for yourself. So does that mean that you'd have to be freelance or self-employed for two to three years before a bank will give you? Yeah, for self-employed applicants, you need to be in operation for a minimum of two years. Otherwise, so we need to see where the company is progressing as well. So the bank ideally would like to see that there's an increase in turnover, increase in profits of the company over a two, three year period first before they'd be willing to approve a mortgage. Really interesting. And then also for people who are in full-time employment, I mean, there's a lot of myths around like leaving a job and going to a new Mm -hmm. job. You're like a better paid job or a more secure job. But like if you have made that switch, are you... It's not that you're completely gone, but it's not ideal, especially if you're like, you'd never be advising somebody to move jobs if they're in the middle of the mortgage process. 90% of jobs now, if you move into them, there's a six-month probationary period. Mm -hmm. So the bank's standard policy on that is that that probationary period needs to be completed before we give you a mortgage. Now, there are exceptions to the rule. You'd need to have really strong educational background, employment history, um, and it would need to be a job where there's a clear increase in salary and it, we yeah. could potentially, uh, my friend we could potentially did that, waive that period. Um, I won't name her, but she moved jobs into a, in a much better paid job and she would she, they did do like these extenuating circumstances yeah. for her to and I guess go through everything and because she had bought a house and she was buying her second home she had to add more mortgage value mm-hmm. onto her mortgage so it's not that it's not a complete no no it's just I guess it's not it's a complete a more no, challenging but yeah it's not ideal it's not and ideal. You're, you are running the risk of not getting your mortgage if you move so, yes yeah, so so if you job. can do like you Caroline just wait until you've gotten that approval and then yeah pursue so, your next yeah. is there like an ideal candidate for a mortgage Yes, so the ideal candidate for a mortgage is somebody who's keeping their current account in credit. Ideally, they'll have set up a savings account. There's a set amount going out each month into it and they're not touching it. So Bank of Ireland, we have a mortgage saver account that we provide. We're the only bank on the market who provides it. It's a specific account set up for first-time buyers. And the benefit of having the account open, you can transfer a certain amount in each month and you'll get a two grand bonus at the end when you draw down your mortgage at Bank okay. of Ireland. So if we can okay, that's see... that's great. It's yeah, a really good so idea. If we can see that you're transferring X amount into this account each month, you're not touching it, you're showing that you've repayment capacity for the mortgage um, by doing that on top of if you're paying rent as well. Um, mm-hmm. It just makes it much easier for an underwriter when they're assessing your mortgage to be able to approve it. I think though what people find challenging at the moment is that rents are so high that it's almost impossible to pay rent and save. When Absolutely. I was, when I got my mortgage, now I was doing it with my partner. So we had, I mean, I, I'm imagining it's a lot mm-hmm. more challenging when you're doing it by yourself, which we'll ask you about. Um, but I was, only had to show was my rent and I guess that was enough to count but it was it I and like that was a couple of years ago when rents weren't gone as crazy as they were yeah. now so if someone listening who's paying extortionate rent they're thinking hold on I have to save as well on top of this is that no not not necessarily like the bank understands the market the way it is at the moment in terms of in terms of rent like your mortgage repayment might only be 1200 euros per month but you might be paying between yourself and your partner maybe 18 1900 euros yeah, per month absolutely so that's significantly more than what your actual mortgage repayment is going to be so that's showing complete clear repayment capacity for your mortgage so, that's really encouraging actually because yeah. i think for most yeah. people they probably are paying 18 or 1900 for rent and then to try and save on top of that is almost impossible. So that's really Absolutely, nice to know. Yeah. And in your experience, our mortgage uh, repayments per month, did at the moment, they seem to be a lot lower than the average rent per month. They they are most of the time that you come across clients and like you said, the rents they're paying are generally around 1,800, 1,900 euros per month. For a first-time buyer, the average mortgage repayment would be significantly less than that. And is with that then, are like a lot more people buying their first home earlier than maybe they would have envisioned because... 
like you do I guess it's such an Irish thing of feeling you're throwing money away it's paying dead money to a landlord yeah. really which people don't want to be doing uh, um, any longer so I will, if you can get on the property market as early as you can all the better so. if you I just want to ask about like being gifted uh, a deposit like if or you know if you come into money and you have a big chunk of cash does that make getting set up a little easier? Like if you have, let's say, 50K that's been given to you and you then, then apply for a mortgage, does that help you kind of fast track a little bit? Absolutely. Like you, if you don't have the savings built up, but you've been shown repayment capacity through your rent, but there's a gift in the background for your deposit, that's fine to use that gift. There's no, we don't turn you away or see this as a negative if you're using a gift towards the purchase. The more you can put into the purchase yourself as well, the lower the risk for the bank. Mm -hmm. So it makes it a stronger application. So for first-time buyers, the maximum, the minimum they need to put in is 10% of the purchase price. So this is a deposit now we're talking about? Yes. For a deposit, yeah. So we're restricted by the central bank in terms of how much we can lend. So for first-time buyers, it's 90% of the purchase price. And for movers or second-time buyers, it's 80%. Uh, so for first-time buyers, that 10%, that's the minimum you need to put in. But if you do have extra you need to put in uh, or you want to put in, that's perfectly fine as well. The more you bring down the loan-to-value of the mm. house, the lower the risk for the bank. Uh, so it makes it a stronger application. Yeah. And also, for, for someone buying, uh, I think these days, like a lot of our friends anyway, are buying real fixer-uppers Mm-hmm. Um, and they're going to have to inject a lot of money into redoing the house, putting you know all that work in. So a friend of mine actually is at the moment they're they're getting their deposit ready for the for the mortgage. But they also need to have a deposit for the work on the house done. Yeah. So is that an, another thing people should be aware of if they're buying a, a kind of fixer upper? If they're buying a fixer upper, yeah, because it, you need to have at least ten percent of the works that you're doing as a contingency in the background as well. So if, if you were looking to do say. 60, 70k worth of works, you need to have another seven grand in the background there right. um, to have up front in case there's overruns on any of the works that are being done. You can include the works uh, that you want to do in the mortgage amount as well that you're approved for once the value of the property is increasing after the works are done. Okay, so actually the type of property that you're buying comes into the process as well. So you'll obviously chat to people about what kind of, I mean, if they're going into a new build, that's going to be different to, as you yeah. say, if someone's going in and renovating. Absolutely, yeah. Okay, that's really interesting. And mm-hmm. and Caroline touched on it there, but I I mean, I'm sure it's really difficult. But for people buying on their own, mm-hmm. is there a different criteria or? It's not really. It's it's the same. It's still three and a half times your income. You still have to put in 10% uh, deposit for first-time buyers. So it does tend to be a lot more difficult for first-time buyers if they're buying on their own. With the current pricing as exa- well. Like, exactly so they're going the to be limited. The is, yeah. yeah. And do you find a lot of people coming in are, is there more popularity with people maybe buying with a friend or a family member to make it easier? Um, or is that a bit of a no-go? Generally not. Like, we don't advise buying with friends or family members and to take an illegal advice we are doing so. Because it can happen down the line that there's disagreements or falling out and you're undertaking probably the biggest decision of your life and the biggest financial commitment to your life. So you need to be 100% confidence that things are going to go the way you want and um, mm. with it so getting into it with a friend wouldn't really be something that we'd 100% advise doing it can be done but it's um it's a, but even with a relationship I mean you'd mm. want to make sure you're solid yeah I wonder if there is like you know if if you I mean maybe you don't but some you know people who are coming to you who are married mm. or people who are just cohabiting maybe there's a little bit of a different approach there because I mean if you aren't married and you're getting into a mortgage you are well, uh, yeah, we got we together. got our mortgage before we got married, mm. and that felt like more of a commitment than 
the yeah. wedding. Uh, no, <laughs> I think it I probably did, is. I did the, did the same myself, mm-hmm. and it, everybody says that that's a bigger commitment than the than the wedding. So. Yeah. Let's before we move on to the different elements of um, the term and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You get approval based on your statements, your all your ducks in a row, pay, looking, pay everything looking good, pay slips, yeah. okay, and then you get a um, approval in principle. Yeah. And that means? So you'll get an approval in principle from the bank and that's valid for six months. It's basically the bank telling you that for the next six months, we're willing to lend you X amount of money um, subject to you maintaining everything as you go along. So it's one of the key things to say to listeners is once you're given your approval in principle, don't stop what you've been doing up until now. Yeah. So okay, very good advice. People might just let loose then and, and go then, yeah. Exactly, because it can take longer than six months to find a house. So exactly, that's what I was going to ask yeah. you because... At the moment, you mind you could be going to view a house and there could be 30 people in there viewing with mm-hmm. you and then you're in a bidding war and then there's a delay for whatever, maybe legal reason and then you go past the six months. What happens then? So in, uh, if you go past the six months, you'll have to come back to me again. I'll look for up-to-date documentation from you. So you'll have to send it back in. I'll need to confirm again that you're saying the same job, you're on the same income and you've been shown repayment capacity still for the last six months. So it's a very awkward conversation to have with somebody who comes back to me in six months' time and they haven't been doing anything for that six during that six months, they thought their approval was done, and I have to say, sorry, you haven't been showing repayment capacity for Yikes. the last six months. You okay. need to wait. Another so you're not off the hook when you get your approval, approval in principle. No, no, even when you get a full offer letter on a on a property, offer letters only last for six months as well. So if that offer letter expires, the bank can end up having to ask you for up to date documentation again after that six months. So that generally happen would only happen with new builds where people are buying off the plants, that type mm. of thing, and it'll take a bit longer for the property to, to be completed. And are you finding like with the people that you're dealing with, mm-hmm. do they do like the majority find somewhere within the six months or do you have a lot of people now who are needing to extend? And um, the, the majority of them do. Now you, you do, do get a lot as well who don't win in the six months and they could be looking for 12 to 18 months for, for a property and just keep, keep renewing it. Um, so a lot of people kind of wait to see what the market does as well after they get approved as well. And is that kind of why then people are coming, waiting until they've sort of found a house that they're considering and then they try and make it happen really quickly, but that's not a good approach? Not Yeah, as I said, it's really not the approach to do because you need to be getting advice out about what you need to be doing, where you're at at that current moment what first. What you can borrow. What you can borrow, that type of thing. It's yeah. it's an awful disappointing conversation to have with somebody if they have a house located, mm-hmm. dream home, and oh. we can't give them the mortgage. So. Mm. And have you had many people who have changed their jobs, maybe missed out in that six months, and then you couldn't give them the mortgage? Um, I've had a couple of people who have moved jobs during their during the actual mortgage process where they've had their approval, and they've come back to me and told me that They've moved jobs and they've had to wait three or four months until we can get. And so, their if someone was offered again. an amazing role, okay, in, mm-hmm. in a better paid position, could they come to you and say, "Listen, I'm in the middle of this with you, but yeah. I, should I do this? Should I not?" They can come. They can come to me and I can ask the question to an underwriter, but they generally won't give a one hundred percent confirmation on it until they've actually moved jobs. Right. Okay. So, so they're it, it still sounds- running the risk. Yeah, um, of not getting the mortgage afterwards. No, it sounds uh, like the most important thing is to actually yeah. just have the conversation and keep everything above board and not try to do anything sneaky in the middle just of the stay, process. Just to yeah. stay put, because otherwise you're then going to be potentially delaying the process even longer, and then in that time paying more and more rent. Exactly. You're all, if you decide to move jobs during your mortgage, you're always running the risk of us turning around and turning, okay. no matter what job it is. Because okay. It's entirely on a case-by-case basis around it. So. Can you talk us through some of the different types of mortgages that you would be giving people at the moment? 
And yeah, we, we remember growing up yes. with that ad for the, the tracker. Trackers are gone, unfortunately. Um, so, it, like, you see, the main mortgage we offer at the moment is an annuity mortgage or a repayment mortgage. So, you'd be paying each month, you'll have a capital re- repayment, capital and interest repayment. So okay. We offer fixed and variable interest rates. So, our fixed rates run from one to 10 years, and we have a variable rate then as well. We're going we're gonna to go slow right down there and go back to So, capital is the amount that you borrow. Yeah, And then interest, I think people maybe, if they haven't gone into it, they think, oh, I have to borrow 200 grand, I have to pay back 200 grand. No. No. <laughs> no. Uh, unfortunately not. This is the sad news for everyone. Yeah, because I mean, I don't think I've even started paying my actual capital off yet. And I'm yeah. just so, paying off the interest. In- yeah, and I actually, I just don't even want to know. I, my husband opens statements. I'm like, don't tell me until we're at least like, <laughs> chipping away at the actual capital. Yeah, it takes a few years for the, for the capital figure to yeah. come down. So capital is the, the amount that you're borrowing. Exactly, from the bank. yeah. Um, so that's the amount you're borrowing and then each month you'll pay um, a portion of that in the interest then as well. And that's the APR that we all, those percentages that always confuse exactly. me. Exactly, it's a cost of credit basically. When you're issued your offer letter, you'll be um, issued a total a confirmation of what the monthly repayment is going to be and then what the cost of the credit is going to be over the lifetime of and the And that's mortgage. a very, very depressing very letter depressing to figure, get. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, but it's, it's just part and parcel everyone's. Exactly. It's about, no matter what bank you go with, you're going to have that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. And then um, to cover ju- the bank and to, that's how you guys make money that, as well. Exa- and that's just the way of the world. Exactly, yeah. Okay. So, uh, like, the rates vary depending on what bank you go to. Okay. Um, so the annuity mortgage is just the regular you pay back every yeah. month. Um, and then is there, I mean, people are doing split mortgages and stuff. Yeah, then? so it's split mortgage, again, goes back to the interest rate that you're going to be on. So okay. um, with variable and fixed in- interest rates, as I was saying. So it really depends on what the customer wants themselves and what their um, main focus is. Some people want to have comfort in knowing that the repayments aren't going to change for the for a long period of time. So they might go for a longer term fixed rate. So if you went on, say, a five-year fixed rate, you know that your repayments are going to be set at X amount for five years and they're not going to change. But you might have somebody who wants to clear off a lump sum in, mm. say, two years' time of um, off a portion of their mortgage and want the freedom to be able to do that. So in that case, you might advise them to maybe split the mortgage and put, say, whatever portion they think they want to clear off, put that on a one- or a two-year fixed rate and then put the remainder on a five-year fixed rate. So that's how they'd split the mortgage up. But then in two years' time... They, when they come off their fixed rate on that portion, they can clear off their lump sum and there's no penalty. And then the remainder remains on the five-year fixed rate and they keep having that repayment. So with a fixed rate, you you know what's coming. You're, there's no surprises, but you can't pay any more than you, so you have to stick at that. So we're slightly flexible on our fixed rate. So we'll let you overpay up to 10% more than what your standard okay. month, monthly repayment is. So if your monthly repayment is €1,500 Euros per month, you can pay an extra €150 Euros per month and there's no penalty at all. Okay. And the fixed rate is keeping the central bank um, interest rate from fluctuating. So if it goes up, you'd have to pay more if you're on variable. If it goes down, you're not going to be able to pay less because you've set it at fixed rate. Exactly, yeah. So it's riskier. That because I went through it, but yeah. I want to make sure that that makes sense. It's to whatever yeah. rates the, the banks set. So okay. like the banks can put our, we can ra- raise or drop our interest rates whenever we want. Um, so the variable rate can go up or down at any point while you're on it. Whereas if you lock into, say, a fixed rate of 3% for five years, which mm-hmm. they're at at the moment, you'll um, be locked into that for five years and it's not, you know it's not going to change. Okay. I want to ask about just in general, what are kind of the most or like the biggest stumbling blocks that people come to you with or maybe the things that people are most worried about when they come to meet you? Yeah, so the most common thing probably is if somebody had 
a loan in arrears previously or a credit card they missed a couple of payments on in the past. There's a bit of a misconception as well sometimes that if you ever had a loan that was in arrears or missed payments on a credit card, you won't get a mortgage ever again. It's not the case. Again, it's good. Go have a chat with a mobile mortgage manager. Give them a bit of a background and, and always be upfront. We're going to run a credit check on all our applications anyway. So if you're upfront at the start, say, I took out a loan when I was in college, went to Australia traveling, completely forgot about it, then settled it up as soon as I came back. Then like that type of situation is fine. You're young, foolish at the time. There's been no issues since and it's all cleared up. Okay, so that's good to take some of the fear away from people. And then, I mean, once people actually have the information that you're now giving us, do most people find the process like pretty okay? You're just ticking the boxes, going through each step. I mean, obviously you're guiding them. Exactly. Like I'm there to hold their hand from start to finish as well. I think one of the main perks of having a mobile mortgage manager is you have a direct point of contact from start to finish the whole way along. So if you have any questions along the whole, throughout the whole process, I'm there to help. Um, you'll have my direct line number, email address. Just don't call me at two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> but uh, otherwise, we're there, there to help you out through the whole process. Something I think people maybe overlook is the term of your mortgage. Mm-hmm. So I know the retirement age changed from 65 to 66, did it? So does yeah. that mean no one can pay beyond? So your, your mortgage will only last. So say, for example, I got my mortgage at 30. So I could only get a 35 year mortgage. Yeah. You can't. So if you get it at 40, you can only get a 25 year mortgage if you get it at 50. No, so we'll end up to age 70 on mortgage. Okay. So, or else 35 years is the maximum term. Okay. So um, if you're age 40, the maximum term that we'll do is 30 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if your, and term if, is, if, your term, if your term is shorter, mm-hmm. you're paying more in that shorter time. Exactly. So that yeah. you you're, ideally you're, want the longest term possible. Well, you're paying more, but your monthly payments would be higher, but you'd be paying less interest over the life of the mortgage. Ah, okay. So the actual cost of credit will reduce the shorter term that you're doing. Okay. And what if you and your partner are different ages? So if you're mm-hmm. the young one, like me, oh, and yeah. he's yeah. a little bit older. He's an elf. He is out. <laughs> so can you can you set it? Will it be set for me or for him? Or? Unfortunately, we have to go by the elf. No, that's so mean. <laughs> I know. But that's, oh, okay. but that's great for people to know. Like, I, I mean, I hadn't even thought about the term until myself and Caroline were talking about it last week. Yeah. So that's mm-hmm. something that maybe people don't consider. So that's really, really good to know. And is there like an average amount that people are borrowing at the moment? Or is it, does it, I guess, reflects the house prices? Yeah, it's exactly the average mortgage, I'd say, would be in around the 250 to 260. Okay, and what's moment. that? what does that look like per month? Per month, you'd be on a mortgage of 260 over the maximum term of 35 years. You'd probably be looking about a thousand euros per month, 1100 yeah, per month. If I only had to pay that, I would just be a new woman. It's just, I think that's the big takeaway is like if you mm-hmm. can get your ducks in a row, it's the way to go yeah. 100%. Regarding the term as well, it's entirely up to the customer how comfortable they are. Like if you want to reduce the term and you're comfortable with the higher repayments and you have affordability in terms of our criteria and you've been shown repayment capacity for the mm-hmm. higher repayments, you can do that. But if your goal is to keep your repayments as low mm-hmm. as possible, then put so it I'm I'm term. variable. We never mm-hmm. went to fixed, um, and we've been lucky so far in that it hasn't it hasn't skyrocketed. Which means that if we came into money, we could just knock it off the mortgage and bring it that amount that we mm-hmm. overall pay back down. Yep. So that's that for me, that's the benefit of being on a variable. But yeah. I think um, the ideally for someone starting out, you've probably just cleaned yourself out to get the house. Maybe you're better off having a little, I guess it depends on, on what they want, but a yeah. little bit fixed so that you know what to expect and a little bit variable. So you've got room to play with. Can I also ask you before we move on to some of our um, jargon that can be yeah. overwhelming? Um, 
Oh, I've completely forgotten the question I was going to ask. I'll ask the jargon and it's going to come back to you. And then we'll quiz Shane. He's, I mean, he's, he's never leaving. We're going to keep him here forever. So speaking of that, I mean, there are so many different terms and terminology that like, I have no idea. I know there was a whole joke around the tracker thing years ago, but here are a couple of our terms and and words and stuff that and you can explain. And I remembered my question. But okay, but I'll go ahead and jargon. We'll come back. <laughs> Write it down, don't forget. Okay. LTV, loan to value. Yeah. It's my fave. That's your favourite I just because I understand it. <laughs> well, we'll let Shane give us the, oh, yeah, the official yeah, definition. So, loan to value is the, um, so the size of your mortgage in comparison to the value of the house. So, basically, if your house is valued at 500000 and you have a mortgage of 400000 on it, the loan to value is 80%. So okay. So, it, it's the mortgage Max. in your house in... Uh, percentage terms to the value of. and I presume does that kind of change obviously if, if you're in an area that suddenly the house becomes more valuable then your loan to value is exactly okay. yeah you could have bought a house three years ago for 400,000 and now it's valued at 450,000 three years later so again the loan to value will have changed and if you're if you're coming say for example you just got really lucky and say your house is 500 grand and you're coming in with 250 grand as a gift yeah. and you're bringing that LTV right down mm-hmm. does that mean that your interest rates are more favourable in certain circumstances, so we've no loan-to-value rates for their fixed rates up to five years. So they're the same no matter what the loan-to-value on your house is. But if you're looking for a variable rate, it's uh, lower the lower your loan-to-value okay. is. So if you have a loan-to-value less than um, 50%, uh, you get 3.9% on a variable rate. But if it's over 80%, it's 4.5%. Okay, so, it's so the lower the loan-to-value, the better for you. But obviously not always possible for people to come with that much. Yeah, absolutely. And like if there's, the lower the loan to value, the more equity that you have in your okay, house. Okay, that's our next jargon yeah. term. Yes, it is. Moving what is that? Along. So uh, equity is basically the difference between the loan on your house and the value of it. So if you have a house valued 500 and the mortgage is 250 on it, you have 250,000 worth of equity in the house. Okay. So again, if you have equity in the house, you have an option to release some of that down the line, We, which is basically topping up your your mortgage that you have on it. Okay. So you can do that if you wanted to do home improvements, for instance, on the house, or you can do it for educational expenses or medical expenses as well. Okay. okay. Really and good. negative equity is something that would have been a big word around the time of yeah. the recession that we would have heard a lot of. That's Absolutely. not anywhere anyone wants to be. Yeah. So the negative equity would be if the value of the house was uh, less than the actual mortgage that was outstanding on it. So if you had a house that valued at 250000 but there's a mortgage of 300000 there's 50k worth of negative equity there. Okay. So many people still dealing with mm. negative equity. And there's nothing really you can do to avoid. I mean, that's just the market dictating it, is it? It's, you can't really be prepared for negative equity. Not really, no. It's trying to be clever, I suppose, where you buy um, first time around that the area that you buy in is going to hold its value it's as well as you can. So Don't mm. buy in a ghost state in no. Irma. <laughs> you can avoid it. <laughs> Top tip. Uh, we've touched on it already, but just to recap, approval in principle. Yeah, so approval in principle is what you'll be issued, first of all, by the bank um, once you get your mortgage approval. It's valid for six months. It's basically the bank confirming that they're happy to lend you X amount of money uh, for the next six months. My question was, before Mm -hmm. my brain went, um, if you're on a variable and you want to decide to switch to fixed, Mm -hmm. is that doable? Yeah, when you're on a variable rate, you can switch onto a fixed rate at any point. Okay. And if you're on a fixed rate, you have to wait till you come out, work out that term, and then you can go to variable. Now, you can switch onto a variable or a different rate while you're on a fixed, but again, you pay a a breakage fee, which can be considerable. Okay. Okay. Um, AP or, did that recently change to have another letter on the end? 
Um, or maybe I'm just imagining. No, so the APR is your annual percentage rate. It's okay. basically the cost of the credit over a year. So the amount of interest that you'd pay over a year. Before we ask you our final question, letter mm-hmm. of offer, how does that differ to the approval in principle again? So the letter of offer is the, an actual legal document which is issued to you when you've actually found your property. Okay. So when you've found your property, you'll send me in the property address, the purchase price, and then I'll try and get an offer letter issued to you from the bank. So that's issued to yourself and then to your solicitor as well. Okay. So okay. they come to you, they have the chat, they find out where they stand, mm-hmm. and then they go off and they start their, their house search. Is that yep. the, that's the best approach? So Shane, I'll see you in the pub this evening. You can <laughs> sort out my financial You're situation. <laughs> and by Monday, Caroline, I'll be joining you in the homeowners uh, yes. group. Can't, Can't wait, wait for you to join. Absolutely. So be- before we let you go, Shane, is there any kind of key advice you want people to be aware of or, or things yeah. that people tend to overlook? Or Well, there's a couple of new products that the bank brought out recently as well. So we now have a green mortgage um, that we're after bringing out. So it's a new energy efficient mortgage. So <gasps> This is totally up my alley. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're buying a new build property and the energy rating on the house is A3 or better, you're entitled to 0.2% off your mortgage interest rate. I wish that existed when I got my new build with yeah. my new rating. Yeah, God oh damn. my God. Yeah, okay, so that's all, really all good to know. Pro- provides a BOR cert for that. That's okay, fantastic. and BOR is one the of the building. building energy rating. Oh yeah, okay, which is very important. And we're going to cover that in a future episode. Yes, um, we are. We're so, going to get to that, but nice to touch yeah, on that. Yeah. Then there's another, one other product then as well. It's a high value mortgage as well. So... Um, the way that works is if you've got a mortgage and it's over 400,000, you're eligible for a five-year fixed rate at 2.5%. Wow. Okay, so that's um, to kind of help people. But you that don't get good. any cash back with it. Okay. Which is the restriction. Oh, okay. can I also ask you yeah. about a moratorium? That's just, it's kind of like a, another mm-hmm. way of doing a cash back thing, isn't it? Where you could hold it for, you delay your repayments when you move in. Yes, yeah, so that... we, we have a three-month deferred start option for okay. first-time buyers as well. So your repayments would be delayed for the first three months, which is a massive help. I did that. Amazing. And that was so handy yeah. because the money you would be paying on your mortgage, we were able to go and buy our mm-hmm. sofa, our bed, that kind of thing. And then you, you still end up paying the same amount, but it means a whole lot more to you at the beginning of your exactly, mortgage than it yeah. does at the The three missed payments, they're spread out over the life of the mortgage yeah. then. So you're, it'll you don't be, even it, notice it. Yeah, you won't notice the the difference in the repayments afterwards. Okay. So it is a, it's a really good product that they have. Amazing. A, you're entitled to three three-month payment breaks over the lifetime of your mortgage anyway. It's one of the flexible services that Bank of Ireland provide. Three-month um, three really? payment breaks? Yeah, they're, now they're called non-distressed payment breaks. So it's, if you're struggling with your repayments or you're in arrears, it's a different process that you go down, but it'd be for somebody that maybe wants to go travelling for three months or um, is on maternity leave and they want to... I have never want heard a payment of this. Break for three months. Yeah. That's amazing. They're obviously she are hasn't even gotten the mortgage yet. And she's dying for the breaks. <laughs> <laughs> Just preempting, you know. Yeah. But it is. It's really cool. I mean, there's going to be so many times in your life when you probably could do without paying it for a little break. Mm. It's a, it's a really really absolutely yeah. And, wow. and parting advice for someone to give them the best chance of getting mortgage approval. It's it's meet with somebody as early as possible in the process. Um, as I said, it's a terrible conversation to have with somebody when they haven't done things they need to do to get mortgage ready so sit down give a mobile mortgage manager a call have a chat with them they'll be able to advise you where you're at now and where you need to get to to get mortgage approval in place and it's way less frightening than maybe it has yeah, been. I'm, not too, so, I'm not too scary no, no you're so not scary and it does I mean it just seems to me like you just need to t- tackle everything in stages you have the expertise and actually if you just do everything that Shane tells you to do it's just, fine yeah it's just getting started really and knowing facing up to your situation and maybe looking at the changes that have to be made yeah. um, and I guess behaving for a period of time while you get the house of your dreams. That exactly. probably is I think the scariest thing for me is to actually sit down and look at the statements 
Because it's a reality check for even nothing to do with the mortgage. It's like, how much have I been spending on this? You'll probably be surprised at how close you are to actually getting where you need to be to get your mortgage. Some people think think they might might be miles off, but they're actually a lot closer than where they need to be. Are you just saying that? (laughs) 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 I'm like, renewed with all this new inspiration. This is fantastic. As I slip my cards across the Yeah. So Shane, where can people find you if they want to have a chat with you about their own situation? So you can find me on LinkedIn, um, on the bankofireland.com website, uh, forward slash mobile mortgage managers. And there's a text MMM number to 50365 as well. And your favourite brand of biscuits? For people uh, to have stocked tra- in the tra- house. Chocolate hobnobs. Oh, Classic. Yes. I like it. No, Classic. Why <laughs> would you ever have not chocolatey hobnobs? <laughs> Shane, thank you so much for letting us bring you. It's Thanks been so helpful. Me. It's been amazing. Yeah, we hope we haven't been too intense hurling the questions at you, but I think we've answered everything that we possibly wanted to cover in this episode. And hopefully, it's been an amazing start for people to feel a little bit less intimidated as they carry on with the rest of the process. So we can't thank you enough for giving us your time. You're very welcome. Thank you. Meet a Bank of Ireland mortgage specialist anytime, anywhere. Go to boi.com forward slash homes. Bank of Ireland Mortgage Bank, trading as Bank of Ireland Mortgages, is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. The Mortgage Saver account is provided by Bank of Ireland. The €2,000 Mortgage Saver bonus interest is subject to terms and conditions and is subject to DIRT at the prevailing rate. The Mortgage Saver bonus interest will be paid after your Bank of Ireland first-time buyer mortgage is drawn down with Bank of Ireland Mortgage Bank. Terms and conditions apply. Bank of Ireland is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Acceptance of a gift may be subject to conditions and applicants should consider potential tax implications. Ask your mortgage specialist for more information. Our green mortgage fixed interest rate gives a discount of 0.2% off any of our fixed rate interest options between 1 and 10 years to customers who are purchasing, building or renovating a residential building with an A-rated or to achieve an A-rated BE or energy performance. Our high-value mortgage fixed interest rate option is a lower five-year fixed interest rate with no cashback for customers who are borrowing €400,000 or more. The green mortgage fixed interest rate and the high-value mortgage fixed interest rate options are available on mortgage loans drawn down or partly drawn down between 18th of July 2019 and 30th of June 2020. Once the fixed rate period ends, you'll be able to choose from our normal interest rate options available to existing customers at that stage. To be eligible for a payment break, your mortgage loan must be fully drawn down at least two years. Your new repayments will be higher than they were before the payment break. Skipping up to two payments a year is subject to meeting the conditions of your mortgage. Once you select a skip month repayment option, it will continue each year unless you ask us to change it. By opting to skip payments, defer payments or take a payment break, you will pay more than if you had repaid the mortgage over the original term without any breaks. Cashback terms and conditions apply. Cashback is not available with the high-value mortgage fixed interest rate. Lending criteria, terms and conditions apply. Over 18s only. Bank of Ireland Mortgage Bank, trading as Bank of Ireland Mortgages, is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Variable rates are reviewed in line with our variable rate policy, which is available from any branch and on our website. Bank of Ireland Mortgages does not offer advice, We provide information on products and features we have available to enable applicants make an informed decision. Please note Bank of Ireland does not give financial advice on any of the products mentioned in this podcast. Warning, if you do not keep up your repayments, you may lose your home. Warning, you may have to pay charges if you pay off a fixed rate loan early. Warning, if you do not meet the repayments on your loan, your account will go into arrears. This may affect your credit rating, which may limit your ability to access credit in the future. 
Warning, the cost of your monthly repayments may increase.